Hi, this is Becky. And Patricia. We are former college teammates and believe that life is a team sport. Our goal is to encourage and inspire strong women, families, and communities using lessons learned from sport. Welcome to the team room. All right. Well, welcome back to Life is a Team Sport. I'm Patricia, and I'm here with Becky, and we are starting our last segment of season three called I Went Pro. Last week, Becky and I introduced the concept and played a portion of a commercial that was aired about 11 years ago by the NCAA, basically saying that most of those athletes would go professional in something other than sport. Well, we thought about it and we thought, well, what about the ones that did go professional in sport? What is the journey like for them and what have they learned along the way? So we're going to be interviewing some of those women the rest of this month and next month. And today we have one of them on the show and I'm excited. It's someone that I got the privilege of meeting back at University of Maryland when she played there. And now she is playing internationally in Ukraine, and we're going to get to hear about her journey. So welcome to the show, Aisha Small. Hello. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on. I really appreciate it. I was just, we were chatting before the show started, and I was telling Becky, I haven't actually seen you, like, to have a conversation face-to-face, even though we're over Zoom, in years. Yeah, it's been a while. (laughs) It has been so long. It has been a while. This is a privilege for me. I'm having a great time. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Becky, um, as we kind of get rolling with the interview, I know this is new, like you're just meeting Aisha. So I'm looking forward to questions that you're going to have because, you know, everything is new to you as we kind of frame things out. And so um, I'm looking forward to our, our entire conversation. But before we dive in, Aisha, we'd love to hear something that is on your highlight reel right now. Highlight reel right now. I will have to say the restaurants here in Ukraine. Uh, it's so funny because me and my teammates are going tonight to a new restaurant. We try to, every time we have an off day the next day, uh, we try to find a restaurant here in the country to go to. So we've been to, last week we went to a steakhouse. Um, the week before that, we went to a Chinese restaurant. Before that, we went to a Mexican restaurant. And we haven't been failed. Like, here they're more into the ambiance of everything. So it's like the restaurants are beautiful. Like how they how it's set up. And they're big on the show, the image of the restaurant. And the food has been great. So definitely wow. highlight for me and I love food so that sounds amazing so what kind of restaurant are you going to tonight have no idea all right cool my teammate she's usually the she's usually the one that come up with a different and we say she say we need to try this spot and I say okay let's go that's where we're going (laughs) that's awesome yeah I I'm looking forward to hearing about all the different places you've lived and played but I would imagine the food going along with it would be part of the adventure Oh, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So when you go to a Mexican restaurant in Ukraine, is it genuine Mexican food or is it more like Tex-Mex or do you know what I'm asking? Yes. Um, so it's funny that you say that. I went to the Mexican restaurant and something just told me to go sit upstairs when it was time to eat. And it was a guy. He didn't look like he was Ukrainian. He looked more 
like Hispanic. And he was sitting in the corner. He was on his laptop. And I was reading the thing and I said, oh, they have Taco Tuesday where it's like they have like half off on tacos or whatever. And he was like, yes, we also have this on Thursdays. And I look back and I'm like, oh, you speak English. He's like, yeah, I'm from America. I'm, this is my restaurant. He's from, he's from Los Angeles. So he just decided to come to Ukraine and put a Mexican restaurant. And it's really popular. So it's real Mexican food, real, like exactly how we taste it back home. So and I, wow. it's so good. It's so, so good. That's awesome. But yeah, I got to meet him. And ever since we've been there, every time we come, he say he want to try new things and put new things on the menu. So he have us try it first before he put it on the menu. He just give us all the food for free. That's like, amazing. We just be eating. Sign yeah. me up. <laughs> I know, right? Food. <laughs> I love it. Cool. Well, um, as we get into the interview, I'm looking forward to hearing about your journey since I've seen you, since you graduated from University of Maryland. But let's back up and give people the full picture. So tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into basketball. Did you play other sports as a kid? And then also just maybe a little bit about where you're from, a little bit about your family. Well, I am from Miami, Florida, born and raised. Basketball was not my first sport. I always loved football. That was my first sport. My mom was tall. My whole family is really tall. I'm actually the shortest one in my family, and I'm six feet. So I always got the short end of the stick of everything. Um, And then once I hit middle school, I started seeing a growth spur, and everybody was saying I need to get into basketball because my mom played. And I eventually ended up playing and actually being better than I thought I was. And it just kind of went from there. Um, I'm adopted. My mom passed away when I was younger. Uh, I ended up getting adopted by my AAU coach. um, And she took me and my baby brother in. And from there, it's been great. My little brother, he's in the Army. He's actually just got out of the Army a couple months ago. Um, And I'm playing professionally overseas now. Uh, My first school I went to, I went to Baylor University. I ended up transferring my sophomore year. And ended up at University of Maryland, where I met you. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been great. Been playing since. Um, I'm about to turn 27 next month, so we'll see how long my body says I can keep playing. <laughs> and when it's time to hang the shoes up. <laughs> yeah. So, how many years have you been playing? I wanted to say I started in the sixth grade. So, how old are you in the sixth grade? Like 12, 12. I think. Yeah, well, so I'm 26 now. Oh, my math is about to really yeah. be shown here. So like 14, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. And it hasn't been a time where I haven't stopped. That's amazing. That's amazing. So let's back up a little bit to you started in middle school. You figured out that you were pretty mm-hmm. good. You had some height, right? And mm-hmm. you mentioned you were playing football before that. Were you? playing flag football tackle football were you actually just out in the yard just playing with whoever um so I'm the only girl so I grew up with all boys um I have two brothers um and my cousins they're all boys so that's all we did it was just like in the yard like we would just play football and I can I was very athletic I can jump and I can catch the ball so I was I was out there and then you know, we didn't have pads and stuff, but we tackled. <laughs> so we were out there tackling each other. So you could say a little bit of both. <laughs> right? I appreciate that. We played a little bit of 
quote unquote tackle football in the yard when I was a kid as well. (laughs) And if you were fast, then you didn't get tackled. That's how it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I tried the track and volleyball thing, but it only lasted a month. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Well, I think you found the right sport and figured out what your passion was in middle school. Mm -hmm. Sounds like with basketball. So you played in middle school, you played in high school. So did you get recruited to Baylor or how did you end up at Baylor? Um, So I got recruited. Uh, Baylor offered me, I want to say my sophomore year in high school. Um, At that time, I want to say I was ranked like the number two player in the country at the time. I was, everybody in the country was recruiting me. And then I came down to my uh, final three schools and it was Baylor, South Carolina and Rutgers. And I took my visits to each school. And then I eventually ended up committing to Baylor at the McDonald All-American game. I can definitely remember that. Yeah. And never committing there. That was, I want to say in March or April. And yeah, that's how I ended up there. Wow. Okay. Wow. So you played in the McDonald's All-American game. So, long story. Okay. You know, my style was very tall, athletic, and could jump. Um, in the McDonald's All-American game, I was uh, – so there's a whole production of, you know, before the game they have the dunk contest, the three-point contest, the skills challenge. So before that goes on national TV at the time, they make us do like a mock-up, like, like we uh, – do it before we get on TV. Yeah. At the time when I was doing it before we got on TV, I'm practicing the dunk. And I signed up for the dunk contest, of course. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm practicing the dunk. And as I'm doing that, I came down on my knee wrong. And it felt a little funny to me. And they ended up taking me to get an MRI to see what was wrong. This all happened within a 48-hour span before the game. And they got. I remember the doctor telling me, if you play this game, it's an opportunity that you may blow your knee out. Wasn't a crazy injury. It was more like a little something where one wrong move that can blow my whole knee out. And I had to make a decision that day. I cried. Boo who cried. Oh my God. Because, you know, playing in the McDonald's American name, that's like one of the, in high school, one of the biggest moments of your life. Yeah. And I boo-boo crying. He said, you have to make a decision right now because at that point, they was getting ready for the setup for TV, announcing the roster, who's playing and stuff. And I looked at my parents and my parents had a talk with me and it was like, well, you want to make this one moment basically jeopardize the rest of your life or do you know for sure if you sit this one moment out, you got plenty of times to, you know, Mm. enjoy life playing basketball, which I love to do at the time. So... I ended up deciding not to play and I just supported my team on the sideline. And then at halftime, I made my commitment with the whole hat thing and all that stuff about what school I was going to. Okay, man, that's a, that's a big decision though, as a high school student. <sighs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. And it feels like your whole world in that moment, right. And that you're disappointing everyone, whatever, but now Looking back, I mean, I feel like you probably see that it was the right the decision. decision. For sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good. And that's a big lesson to learn as a as a high school student. Mm-hmm. All right. So we go to Baylor and you're there for a year and then you end up transferring to Maryland. So how did you end up at Maryland? Um. So I'm really... So my initial reasoning of going to Baylor is because I had two former teammates um, that went there. 
And also I had a cousin that played on the team. So it was like a more familiar face for me to go there because I knew, you know, everybody. End up transferring. And I, when I decided to transfer, I told every school that was coming after me that I wanted to go close to home. Like I, ma- I had my mind made up. I wanted to be closer to home. I was already away. You know, I live in Florida, Baylor's in Texas. And as I'm taking these visits to the schools that I was interested in, it's just nothing just really like stood out to me. It was like, this is going to be my next home. And then Marilyn called and said that it was interested. And then I'm really close with Coach Shea. Coach Shea used to coach in the program with my AU team. Oh, back when I, didn't I was know playing that. in high school. Okay. So I known Coche for a while. Coche was like, just come take a visit and check it out. Took a visit and checked it out. And I sound like a hypocrite because I said I wanted to stay close to home. <laughs> and then I ended up at Maryland. Father, <laughs> then Texas is from Florida. So <laughs> it was a whole big thing. But I mean, I, I'm glad I made that decision. I definitely enjoyed myself. I was glad to um, spend my last couple of years in college at Maryland. I made some great friends, people who I call sisters now. I can pick up the phone. And we still right now, to this day, we talk, we take vacations together, everything. Yeah, I love how close that team was. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay, so you went to Maryland. What was your degree in? Communication. Okay. So as your student athlete, right, you're mm-hmm. doing the student thing. You have to go to class, you know, get good grades, all that stuff, and you're playing basketball. Did you always know you wanted to play professional basketball, or were you potentially looking at doing something else as a career as well? to be completely honest with you and I'm probably that in that one percent chance I didn't as a I'm going back to when I was a, a little kid I never saw myself playing college basketball I never saw myself going to college from that aspect okay I never saw myself past college basketball once I got into college because at at the time I was just living in the moment Mm. of what was going on. I never really looked past. I didn't start thinking about professionally until maybe my junior, senior year in college. So before that, I didn't know. And I wouldn't say that I was ignorant to the situation, but I just wasn't really educated on anything. Like I didn't know anything about rankings in high school, middle school. I didn't know anything about colleges. I didn't know anything outside of university of Miami because we used to go to the football game. So I didn't know anything outside of that. So when everything started, this school in Arkansas is recruiting this school all the way up here and that. And I'm like, I didn't even know this was the name of a school. Like, you know, so all this was new to me. So as that happened to me in high school and that was with college, the same thing happened at college when it became professional. Like, okay, you can go overseas. This is the good areas to play in. This is how much money you can make. So all that was really new to me. So I never thought, I never thought like five, six years ahead because I was so into the moment of what was going on right now. And Honestly, it's the same thing right now with my life. I'm playing professionally and I'm starting to think about it more because I know it's getting closer to the time where I know I want to retire. So, but I'm professionally, I'm like, okay, outside of basketball, I have other stuff that I do now, but it's like, what do you really want to do <laughs> outside of that? So it's like, it can be a curse. It could be a good thing or it could be a curse. Living in a moment, which you always want to do, but sometimes, you know, you always want to have like a little plan 
just in case, you know? So that's where I'm at now. And that's how the whole professional thing happened, where it's like, I, I'm honestly telling the truth. I cannot sit here and tell you that in college I wanted to be a professional. That was not the case at all. I never even thought about it until it was time where I knew I had to make a decision because I was graduating. Like, <laughs> that's usually when it happens is when I, okay, you have to make a decision, go to college soon, Aisha. So you got to know about the schools. Aisha, you about to graduate college. So now you got to know about professional. All these teams want you, these agents and all this stuff. So that's how normally my life has been the past 26 years. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> You know, well, living in the present is a really good thing, though. You know, I think that's actually something people struggle to do. So if you are living in the present and totally enjoying what you're doing and immersed in it, I think that that's actually a really cool thing. Yeah. True. Yeah. And God opened those doors. God always opens those doors for us. And maybe not always when we want them. And that's something that um, I've noticed, right? So God will, God will point you in the right direction when it's time. So all these things you're doing overseas. Can you, Aisha, can you tell us where you've lived overseas? Um, I was in China my rookie year. After that, I was in Dubai. The season got cut short due to COVID. Um, Last year I was in Hungary and this year I'm in Ukraine. So I'm in year four. Wow. That's interesting. Did you have a, like, did all the teams go together to those countries? How does that work? So no, um, so what you do is you have a coming out of college, you get end up getting an agent, and you have an agent who talks to different teams across the country, um, not the country, the world, uh, where they asking for what type of players that they're looking for. So if they're looking for a guard like me. Okay, this team is interested in you, but okay, this is the what type of league that you're in. There's a first league, there's a second league. It's a league where there's WNBA players. It's a league where it's maybe not WNBA players. It's a league where maybe paying more money. But it's not a good living situation. It's a lead that may be paying less money, but um, a really good living situation. So it's really just all depends. I let my agent handle all that, and he just come to me with all the logistics. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's awesome. So you've been playing for yeah. four years overseas, mm-hmm. and you're 27. I was just put it all together. And you're how tall are you again? I'm six feet, six, six one feet. on a good day. <laughs> when you have the tall shoes. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And you, so you said you were the shortest. I thought you said you were six, eight. And I was like, well, that's not very short. Um, no, no, no. I'm six feet. <laughs> okay. I am the shortest I, in my family. You're the shortest. Can I ask a question? Go back real quick on your family. You said you're adopted. Did you grow mm-hmm. up with your biological parents and then they passed away? Yes. So my okay. dad passed away when I was 13. My mom passed away when I was, I had just turned 16. Wow. That's a story in itself, which we can't talk about today, but that's a a really would be an interesting how you develop through there. So you, your coach then adopted both you and your brothers, both brothers. Mm -hmm. Just one brother. My, I have an older brother, but he was way older than us. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really, that just blows my mind, Aisha, the way that worked out. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Well, what would you, so you, you live in the present. What are some things that, that, you are interested in outside of basketball that might lead you to the next step. Do you have any of those like ideas? Like what you're, what are you into other than basketball? Well, I end up finding a love for something else. I never thought I would. So with going back to the woman who adopted me, my AU coach, 
um, she's over the program. Like she has a program herself that she's over like maybe 10, 12 teams. And when I got, when I graduated college, I didn't have nothing to do until, cause you know, you don't go overseas until a couple months later. I didn't have nothing to do. So I went back home and I was training. I ended up not getting invited to WBA training camp, which was fine. I ended up going on a road with her. So now they're starting practice and stuff. That's AU season is during summertime. End up going on a road with her, find myself coaching, find myself taking care of these bad little kids, find myself doing like administrative stuff, like learning how, because it's not just about coaching. It's learning about, okay, this is how we got to do the travel schedule. Just this little hotel we're going to stay in, sending the text out to all the parents. So I'm buying flights two months in advance before our next tournament. So I end up finding out, I end up doing that and end up finding a love for it. I never thought, like I'm talking about, it never crossed my mind. When she adopted me, when like never crossed my mind that I would be coaching and doing that. Never. Now, that's all I do every summer. So now with being with her and kind of like being her right hand, just been getting better and better each year. And and she already has said, like, when it's time for her to step down, I will be the next take um stepping up and taking that position. So still to this day, I don't see myself doing it. But realistically, nobody else don't see anybody else doing it besides me once she's finished with it. So I'm just like, oh, shoot, this may be my next <laughs> thing that God has for me. And of course, I always, I'm always fighting it with myself because I'm like, I wanted to kind of want to do something on my own, like to establish, because, you know, that's her thing. She built that from the ground up and I'm just going in just to try to keep it for generational, like, you know, but some stuff is just when it's, when it's yours, it's yours. You just got to take it. And I'll be fighting it. I, I can tell the truth. I, I fight it a lot. <laughs> Cause I'm always trying to find, I got to find the next thing. Like, yeah, I'm always have that with me. Cause that's just in the family, you know, but I got to find something just for me, but I don't know. I'm still having conversations with God about that and God and myself. Within God. That. <laughs> that's really cool. Coach. I like it. I know. I like it. <laughs> Isn't so, it they say Patricia? You, you might know this, Patricia, coaches influence um, how many athletes in a year or a decade or lifetime. There's a statistic that says um, coaches just impact so many people in a lifetime that it just blows my mind how important coaches are. So, yeah. I, I yeah. Mean, there was yeah. a quote, I can't remember who said it, but that a coach will influence more people in a lifetime than the average will, or in a year than the average will in a lifetime. That's it. So I yeah. just wanted to put that out there because we do, we do know coaches are important, but um, they really are. And kids are so influenced and they really look up to their coaches. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't take for granted if you're going to coach, I think it's a, it's a calling, definitely a calling because you got to mm-hmm. relate to children and adults, yes. adults, oh, you know, and in the sport. Yeah. Look and, at your face. And, and dealing with parents. Oh, that's mm-hmm. probably the worst one. I'd rather deal with the kids. It's, it's the parents for me. Yeah. No, and it's true. And in this generation, especially, you have to coach the parents just as much as you have to coach the kids. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very entitled generation. And I mean, we're all part of it. Right. And so 
we, we get that, but there's still this need to be like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to discuss playing time with the parents. I'm going to discuss it with the kids. Don't come and, you know, ask me why your kid didn't go in in the third quarter, whatever. Right. And, and, but you have to say that up front because it's not just assumed nowadays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a, it's a huge privilege though, to, to be a coach. For sure. For sure. For sure. sure. I I can definitely say that they have definitely turned my life around. Like Mm -hmm. definitely enjoy. We, we done had some bad moments. Don't get me wrong, but I think we had a lot more good moments that I can look back and say, like, remember this time when we, you know, so definitely enjoy myself these past couple summers for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, going back to your playing career, what are, if we could kind of peek behind the curtain, so to speak, of being a professional basketball player overseas, what are some of the realities that people might not understand or realize that you deal with? Um, oh, man, <laughs> this can go on. This is very broad, but relationships. Mm. I don't think people understand how important relationships are over here because you are by yourself. I'm in this big old apartment right now, just chilling in here by myself. And then we have the day off tomorrow and I don't have practice again until Monday. So I'm really just in here by myself for the next 48 to 72 hours. Um, And just being able to call home friends, family, um, that's probably the hardest part. And then the time difference for sure. When the peak moment that's going on back home, I'm asleep. You know? <laughs> and that I think that's the hardest for me because it's so funny because I was on the phone with my mom this morning and she was like, I wanted to call you last night, but I know you're asleep. And I'm like, you most of the time I'm up throughout the night because I know everybody's up back home. But we've been having early morning practices. So I'm like, I had an early morning practice this morning. So I'm like, I got to go to sleep. I can't be up two, three in the morning anymore. I can't stay up to watch these college games. Like I have to go to sleep because I got practice at eight or nine. So that's probably the hardest reality that people don't understand until they get here. And then, of course, when it's time, when the holidays come up. Mm. Oh, man. And the season is always during the peak of the year where it's uh, – Halloween, no, um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, four of the biggest holidays in the year, and you miss every single one. Mm. So it's it's definitely hard to maintain. You end up, and some people are not built for it. I know plenty of people that just went home after the first month. Like, like overseas is not for me. And I was one of those people my first year. I cried. Oh, boo cried. My family called me on FaceTime. Hey, Merry Christmas. I had a game on Christmas. <laughs> so, you know, and it's funny this year I have a game on Thanksgiving. So it's like, but eventually you end up getting used to it and then used. You don't take for granted those relationships as well. Mm. That's one thing for sure. And I make sure I always check up on all my friends and make sure we do get together and all that stuff. Yeah. Have you been able to build relationships with teammates overseas? Are some of them American? Are they from all over the world? Do they speak English? What's that? So, yes. So on my team this year, I have two other Americans. So this is the first time I've been on a team where it's three Americans. Um, Good thing about it is 
I know one of them, I used to play against her in college. She went to Texas A&M. So that was good. We have a really close relationship. And the other one, she's, um, she's, uh, she went to Texas Southern. So she's from Texas, which the girl from Texas A&M is from Texas. So they know each other. So we end up having a really, I have a really great relationship with my teammates this year. Um, but it all varied because last year I had a teammate, I could have an American teammate or I could have a teammate that's from, like last year I had a um, teammate that was from, I was in Hungary. She was from, I want to say Romania. So it, it can all, I can be the only American and I may have a teammate that's from Hungary. So it all depends. But most of the time, most teams, they like getting more Americans than anything. Okay. And then do they speak English? No. Um, <laughs> you sometimes run into teammates that like my teammates this year, I may have three or four that speaks English, but it's not, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I have one that speaks really good English. Okay. And I'm starting to think that she's American because her name is Natasha. Okay. Never known a Natasha, you know, <laughs> to be a name overseas. But um, yeah, and the other three, English is okay. Um, my coach, his English is okay. I have an assistant coach who does the translating for us. Um, in China, I had nobody that spoke English, neither my coach or my teammates. I had to have a translator go with me everywhere I go. Wow. Um, yeah, that can suck sometimes. But most of the time when I'm in the European countries, they speak English. Or if, they, if it's not really good English, they speak some type of English. So sure. that's the good thing. Yeah. So your rookie year, your very first year, you graduate from Maryland, you get an agent, they send you to China. No one spoke English. Wow. And China is very, China is very strict on their boarding rules and who goes in and out their country. So I was looked at as an alien there. It's like, I was stared at everywhere I went. It was crazy. Like they'd never seen an American, a black woman before. Like it was crazy. Like I felt like an animal. Wow. <laughs> and they that... was there. It was one time. It's so funny. So it was an escalator going down, escalator going up. I'm going down and the escalator is going up. As I'm going down, it's a girl on the escalator is going up. And she stared at me the whole way going up. And once I got to the bottom, something told me just to look back to see if she was still staring. She ended up tripping and falling going <laughs> up because she was still staring at me. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. that had to, You have to feel like you're in a fish tank or something. Right. Like it was just, bad because I stayed in a hotel at the time. So I stayed in a hotel the whole five months I was there. And don't get me wrong. I love the room service and somebody cleaning my room every day. That was great. <laughs> but it felt like I was stuck in this box and I couldn't communicate with my teammates. I couldn't. I didn't have no, no human interaction. Like I was talking to myself the whole time, most of the time. And then with China. 12 hour difference right so 8 a.m here in china is 8 p.m back home 9 p.m for me in china is 9 a.m so i'm going to sleep when everybody's waking up so it was that was out of all the countries i stayed in and all the seasons i had that that was probably the toughest one for me and what's crazy is that was the shortest one for me that was the shortest season but that was the toughest one for me 
Wow. So what made you say, you know what, I'm going to try this again <laughs> after because that? Because I was, I was told by different friends and stuff, China is not a good experience to go to for your first year overseas. <laughs> and I can't base, I can't base China off my first year, my experience and make a decision from there. Mm-hmm. It was like, I need to get in Europe. Europe is the spot. Europe is the place where you feel more welcome. You have more English. You have people that speak more English. You have other American teammates in China, you know, it's only allowed one foreigner on the team. So you're not allowed to have other Americans. Wow. Yeah. So I was legit by myself. Everything, everything. Yes. How did you get through that experience? Oh, man, I just cried. Cried it all out, man. Mm. And I'm not going to lie to you. The reason why China is the way it is, because that's one of the richest countries. You get there and get paid. I looked at my bank account every um, night and I just made sure in the realization, like you just deal with it. (laughs) Sometimes we do Sometimes we do things for money and that's okay. It's part of life sometimes as a job. But uh, <laughs> Interesting though, that you, there were no other, um, any other Americans you ran into in China at all? Well, besides the team that I was playing against. Oh, that was, oh that there was only one person, one woman on mm-hmm. the other team. Did mm-hmm. you connect with that person like each game almost? Like, Every hey. time. Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Some type of touch, you know, <laughs> like, and then what's crazy is, you know, basketball world is a small world. I knew four or five of the girls that was out there already. So we all had planned like, hey, when we play against each other, when I go to your city, we got to do something. When you come yeah. to my city, we have to do something. So definitely was great to have that interaction when we played against each other. But most of the time I was by myself. Mm. Wow, that's wow. great. That's great advice, Aisha, for anybody who listens to this in the future. Um, <laughs> to China that it's not your, you know, the best spot to start, but you did have the experience and you'll always have that for ever. Yep. Not great, but you know, to, to connect with other people. I do believe our, our life experiences connect us to other people. Um, I never wanted to break my leg, but after I did in high school, I was able to relate to other athletes who, who mm-hmm. broke their you know, broke bones and sat out of seasons. I would have never chosen that, right? You probably wouldn't have chosen to be alone in China because that sounds very lonely. It sounds very, very lonely. It was, but I made it through. So what are some of the lessons that you have learned from sport that you think apply to life, that you can apply to life outside of basketball and that uh, the list, our listeners can apply to life outside of basketball? I will have to say relationships. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the biggest lessons I've learned that it's not about what you have, what education you have, what you learn, how many books you read. It's about who you know. Regardless, you can have the longest list of everything on your resume that you did this and did that. But if you don't know the right people, you won't get in that position. I'm just being completely honest. And not even just get in a position, just relationships, period. Like, it's um it's a quote that's going around right now like it says god has your name being talked about in meetings that you don't even know about mm. and the reason why i say that is because to start off i thought i was going to spend my four years at baylor didn't think i was going to transfer boom 
I end up transferring to Maryland, end up meeting people, having relationships with people that I can call sisters. Like I'm inviting them to my wedding. They're inviting me to their wedding, stuff like that. That would have happened if I didn't transfer, you know? So it's like, everybody always look at it. Well, well, she transferred, you know, you chose the wrong school the first time. And I'm like, yeah, I did. I made a mistake, but I'm a true believer. Everything happens for a reason. If that didn't happen, if I would have chose to go to South Carolina, I wouldn't have known the people that I know now. I wouldn't have the relationships that I have with the people that I know now. And if I had to make that decision and I knew what, what was going on, I would still choose that route because of the people that I know. And that's how important relationships is to me. Hmm. And just in general, overall, you knowing this person or you being good to this person, you doing that and doing that, they may be talking about you in something else that you don't even know of. Like it was a situation where I had something with business where I had a situation. Somebody brought my name up to be a part of something that all I did was introduce myself, say a little joke to this person. And I, they loved me from there. Now my name is being brought up. Like they want me to go with them when they're traveling the country to do meetings, to do seminars, all that stuff. So it's like, to me, I think the biggest, biggest lesson I've learned is relationships and treating people with respect. Mm. That was the biggest one. You know me, I I mean, uh, Patricia could definitely tell you that me, I'm talking to the custodian the same way I'm talking to the CEO. Like, hey, what's up? How you doing? How was your day today? You know, that's me. And I still do that to this day. Like one of our guys, one it's funny because one of our equipment guys, he give us all our uniforms and everything. And a lot of the athletes don't, because we have a men's team here too. And they don't really talk to him. But me, I'm always joking with him, tell him good morning and everything. He's giving me free hoodies, free gear, free every extra everything. And my teammates be so jealous. Like, he likes her. I'm like, no, all you have to do is speak to people. <laughs> all you have to do is just treat them like they're a regular person. Don't look down on them. I'm like, I'm trying to, if you do that, me doing that, make, I end up meeting his son and his wife, like his whole family. So me doing that, end up now me and him have a relationship where it's like, hey, I'm missing something. Got you, Aisha. Boom. You know what I'm saying? So relationships and pe- treating people with respect, that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've ever learned. Mm, that's yeah. good. That's good. And that's definitely something that everyone can relate to because regardless of your station in life, everyone deserves your respect. And yes. regardless of whether, you know, you think, oh, you know, they're just doing this, whatever that thing is, they're just as important as the CEO of the company or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. so making sure that they get your respect is, is really important. That's good. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I have absolutely loved having you on here, catching up with you, hearing about your experiences overseas and the lessons that you've learned from sport. Before we let you go, we definitely want to hear something from your blooper reel. I I hate to talk so bad about China. I do. I really do. But China, the food there well, one, I had to learn how to use chopsticks. So the, air, the the city I was in was true Chinatown. I wasn't in Beijing where it's more Americanized. I wasn't in, you know, I wasn't in those places. I was in a true city that was true China. Yeah. So I didn't have forks. I had to learn how to use chopsticks, you know. And my teammates, 
weirdest thing ever. They used to cook these squids, like live squids. Like if we went to a buffet, my coach is like, oh, we're going to a buffet. I'm excited. Like, oh, I'm going to get some real food. <laughs> we go to a buffet. Everything is alive. So they have it. When you sit down, they have like this little boiling thing right here. Where you, you cook, you're cooking the food. Oh. Where everything around you is alive. But the buffet is you getting up and picking up the alive things. Yeah, that was probably the worst experience of my <laughs> life. I didn't eat nothing that day. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Didn't eat nothing. <laughs> my teammates had this like squid thing where it was like a uh, kebab. But yeah. it was like on the. That I, I wanted crazy. to puke in my mouth. Like it was so bad. I did not eat. They were so mad at me. They was there not it. like rice or something to go with it? That they you had rice and fruit. That was the only thing that was dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> everything else was, everything else was alive and moving. That was the only thing. That's but funny. I didn't, I didn't I eat. I didn't, Oof. I didn't eat. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm not sure I would have been able to eat either. That's, yeah. that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It was pretty bad. Oh, man. Well, thanks again. Um, we've loved having you on the show. Um, the last thing we do is pass the ball. So is there a woman in life who has inspired you that you would like to pass the ball to? Um, definitely have to say my mom, the lady who adopted me, my AU coach, she definitely inspired me uh, to keep playing because I, I had plenty of moments where I wanted to give up and I wanted to stop. And she definitely groomed me up to be a better woman, to maneuver within this life that we're living in now. Um, and she definitely has inspired me a lot, which helps me inspire on the under other young ladies that plays and just anybody my, with my friends, with my relationships, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's really cool. Um, well, thanks. And I have loved catching up with you. I just really appreciate you. I always enjoyed our talks when you were at Maryland. And so being able to keep in touch with you, like you said, relationships are so important and being able to just keep in touch with people, even little touches here and there. I'm just really proud of you and the woman that you've become. And um, I've, I've loved having you on the show today. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Thank you, Becky, too. Nice meeting you. Oh. You're welcome. It was so awesome meeting you, Aisha. I did play basketball my whole life growing up and I did want to play pro, but that's not what God had. So it's been awesome meeting you and hearing your story. Um, I hope I get to hear and see good things in the future. Um, I'll just end us up here. Uh, you can also listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as well as find us, uh, find complete episodes and other great content on our website, which is lifeisateamsporteveryday.com. And remember, life is a team sport and you are never alone.